Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Monday, August 30th, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. everyone, welcome back to Rocket City Lift. I'm Tara Bulger. And I'm Brett Gittiman. And we come to you three times a week and we try to bring a bit of a spiritual lift to your day. We're going to continue talking about the theme of generosity. But before we begin, let's have a moment for prayer. Let us pray. Lord God, we pray for all the hurt in the world, for the hurt in our own congregation, for the hurt in the city the hurt in this country and the hurt in the world. God, may we look to you who is the great doctor, your spirit who is the great comforter, and may we as Christians and followers of you be agents of change. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Amen. Today we're going to read from the 10th chapter of Mark's Gospel, verses 17 through 31. As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. The man said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these since my youth. But Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, You lack one thing. Sell what you own and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and then come, follow me. When the man heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God all things are possible. Well, Peter began to say to him, Look, we've left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the good news who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age. Houses brothers and sisters, mothers and children, and fields with persecutions, and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Tara, this passage mentions wealth and the need to give everything away. Does Jesus mean this literally, and what is he calling his followers to be or to do in this passage? I think Jesus is speaking literally while also knowing that no one can do it. Hmm. Um, And so what I think this passage is about is you have to first think about how his disciples would have thought of wealth at that time in antiquity. 
And so it was considered that if you had wealth, if you had things, you were blessed. And so if someone who was blessed couldn't get into the kingdom of heaven, who could? And we see over and over again that Jesus wants to create a disconnect between what people have and who they are Hmm. and their value to God. And so the disciples think that if someone is wealthy, they're very blessed. I think Jesus knows that wealth isn't really given um, based upon someone's character or even because they deserve it. And in fact, it can become an idol itself, right? So um, we have this choice. We, we are called over and over again to trust more and more in Jesus and in God. And um, wealth is probably, and security, I think, is one of the greatest things that can draw us away from that. And I've, I've seen that in my own life. It's so funny. I've probably shared this with you before, but Brian and I joined a church. And for the first stewardship season, he, he was out of work. And I was a teaching assistant. We had zero dollars, but we agreed to give 10% of what we had to the church. And that was easier than it is to write a big fat check, which we do. But sometimes I'm like, that's a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? But we have more now. Mm -hmm. And so my mind starts playing these games. But anyway, what do you think, Brett, when you hear this? Yeah, I think, I mean, I hadn't. I hadn't thought about what you just brought up of, of the connection between blessedness and wealth uh, for many people in antiquity. So I think that that's super fascinating. I also think that, you know, we can we can do essentially two things with this or a third, as you always find a third way, Tara. <laughs> but, you know, you take it literally or take it metaphorically of literally sell your wealth and give everything away, which people have done in the past. And or we can take it as metaphorically. Uh, and I think that you hit the nail on the head that it's somewhere in between, that there is there is a third way that we're looking at this. Jesus is talking about giving up things that are our idols, that things that are preventing us from completely following Christ. And honestly, for probably every single person in America, that wealth plays a portion of that in some way or some facet that it is a barrier and so what do we need to release and let go of i also think it's poignant that the scripture introduces them as the rich man um so that is an identity for for this young ruler he's the rich young ruler right and so if you are the clever guy i think in this in very similar ways that cleverness can become a source of survival or an idolatry that prevents you from going forward. And by me saying that, I was totally speaking to myself <laughs> right there. Of um, in so many different ways, there are uh, barriers that can that prevent us from from following Christ. Um, and I think wealth is clearly one of the most timeless. Yeah, but I will also say I love that. Right, the rich man. I think the. The um, the overwhelming theme of this passage is rich in what, hmm. right? Rich in trust, rich in faithfulness, maybe not necessarily. But I also think we as humans like, we like extremes. We want you to show us the rule so that we can keep it and feel good about ourselves. So we have this rich young man, right, who knows that he can't let go of his wealth. 
And then Peter says, well, look, we've left everything and followed you. I think Peter's patting himself on the back. Yeah. And Jesus says, you know what? You may have, but you're getting back more than you could have imagined. And so I feel like Jesus is holding up. It's not really about the thing. It's not about what you give up. It's about a heart for God and living it out as best as you can. I have known very faithful people who have made an incredible difference in the world because of their wealth. Mm -hmm. And I have known people who had no money and made an incredible difference in the world because of how they moved and lived in it. I think that's what we're called to. And I don't think, and I think that what's difficult to talk about wealth uh, is I don't think we've totally let go of that idea and antiquity of someone who is wealthy, has been blessed by God and those who are poor have not, uh, which is not what I read in scripture. I read that God has, God cares about the poor, has a special part, oh my gosh, yes. special heart for the poor more than the rich. But I don't think that we as a society, uh, whether that's, you know, if that's a global Christianity thing, a Western Christianity thing, an American Christianity thing, uh, and even if we like know it's not true, it's still in the back of our minds. I think that still is... Um, a truth that bubbles up of maybe I'm wrong with God and that's why I'm not wealthy. That's funny because, you know, I grew up without a lot. And in my family, and when I say family, I mean family of origin, mom, dad, mm -hmm. um, there was this idea of the noble poor mm -hmm. and rich people were somehow, um, you know, character flawed. It was, you know, like somehow we were more noble because we had less. And mm -hmm. you know what? That's a load of hooey too. Mm -hmm. um, but it is funny. I mean, our minds work in different ways about things. I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I have to always check myself, right? Because I have a standard of living now that I never, ever imagined. And so I have to make sure I'm not trying to justify my own nonsense. Mm. Um, but I do think that over and over again, Jesus calls us for a quality of our heart and our dedication that supersedes physical things, that supersedes um, poverty, all those sorts of things. I really believe that. And I think the listener can can realize that this is a struggle every day and we're still working through it right now. Yes, yes. <laughs> like it's, clearly we haven't solved it. <laughs> yes, and I also just want to say that, right, Jesus is also really clear that we don't judge. Yeah. And so how someone else lives their life is about none of my business, mm -hmm. but how I live my life I better be looking at consistently. Mm. So I'll leave you with a quote from Neil Gaiman's book, The Kindly Ones. This is for you since I know you like Neil Gaiman so much. I do. Listen to what he writes. I've been making a list of things they don't teach you at school. They don't teach you how to love somebody. They don't teach you how to be famous. They don't teach you how to be rich or how to be poor. They don't teach you how to walk away from someone you don't love any longer. They don't teach you how to know what's going on in someone else's mind. They don't teach you what to say to someone who's dying. They don't teach you anything worth knowing. Hmm. And I would just follow that up with saying, for me personally, that's what the gospel teaches, a mm. lot of those things. Mm. Thank you all for being with us. We hope you have a wonderful day. We'll be back on Wednesday. Now may each of you go out to love and to serve, to be well, to care for yourselves and others, knowing that the grace and love of God is ever upon you. Amen.